All right. We are here for episode 177. Is it 177 or 78? Oh, no. I'm going to have to do a file save as and go one no. back, it looks like. It's it's 77. Okay. Yeah, I, I feel, feel pretty confident about this one. Let's just call all of them episode 177 <laughs> from now on. Remember that episode we did about this time two years ago when I said, man, Corona's not going to be a big deal. Like, I feel as confident as I did that day. Uh, this is that turned cool. out fine. We should go back and revisit our first Corona episode and see how close we were on some of our predictions when Dave was pr- predicting that it would be over within six weeks so we could get to WrestleMania 2020. <laughs> <laughs> It sh- it should have been over within six weeks. Let's be honest. Yeah, this is true. the uh, The thing I find interesting is I still look at the COVID stats daily, and uh, the Florida Yolo is working out so good for them now. Every other part of the country that has high vaccination rates is spiking, and Florida's just flat on the bottom because they just got it over with. Sometimes you just got to get it over with. <laughs> That's yes. what Florida is a, a state built upon, just getting it over with. So, uh, quick live update. I pulled up our episode history. Not too long ago, we recorded episode 175 called Bristol Pistol. Good episode. Classic episode. Then we recorded episode 176 titled Disney World. It's a good episode. Then we decided to record <laughs> another episode 176 <laughs> called Glenn's Tweets. I was afraid so, that that's where this was headed. I And now that you say all that, it makes perfect sense. Because it, it, everything felt so wrong. So in, in one sense, Tommy's right that the next one is 177. <laughs> But in a much more accurate sense, this is 178. So the, the question is, is this episode going to be titled episode 177 and then the title of the episode is episode 178? <laughs> or is this episode 178? Goodness. This show is worse than the show I was just watching, <laughs> which is which is AEW Dynamite. Wow. So we'll compare that 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 first hour to this to this hour at the at the end. Well, does this show have Adam Cole? No. So that show's better. Because no, we don't have any dwarves on this show. <laughs> yeah. They have Adam Cole. We have Glenn. Give me Adam Cole. That that's my pursuing <laughs> statement. I I will say this. I obviously the DVR catches Dynamite and Rampage every week. I rarely go back and actually watch them because I've seen enough. So here's what happened today, Tommy, and I want you to defend this. Right? Now, to be clear, so I have not watched hours. this yet. So anything you say, I'm going to go back and verify is actually what happened. So if I give you an answer, it's with the... I'm basically yelling provisional now okay. so that I can walk my answer back if you're if you're making up something that didn't actually happen. So they have a two-hour... Time slot, Prime TV. They immediately start with Daniel Bryan, Bryan Danielson, sorry, versus Hangman Adam Page for the title. That's going to start the show. 
It's a hot start. And just a straight singles match. There's no gimmicks. There's no interference. There's really no nothing to it. They're just wrestling. Adam or Hangman Page. It, there's a name for a move because it's one of his. It's kind of like a reverse tombstone where the guy's on his back. Botched it. Like I mean, Daniel Bryan's head was four feet off the mat when he hit it. Then uh, they go to commercial, but they do the split screen, right? And I think they both thought they were like at a real commercial break because Adam Cole's out, or Adam Cole, Adam Hangman Page is outside the ring for the entire break, so should have been counted out. And a referee's giving him water, like (laughs) bottles of water, while he's like sitting. At ringside, um, yeah. So that and then it that goes wasn't to, uh, that wasn't when he was busted open. That was a different time. It was shortly after that. Okay. So maybe they were claiming he was getting medical attention, right? But whatever. You don't stop a match if a guy gets busted open. Um. Yeah, and then it goes to a a time limit draw. So yippee for that. They've done that gimmick a few times recently. I was going to say, the good thing then, is is they haven't done that in at least a month between the two <laughs> top contenders. And then they go to a terrible Adam Cole, Young Bucks promo pre-taped. And then they go to like this squash match that takes under a minute. And there's like 35 minutes left in the show when we started recording. And that was the whole show to date. So when Dak hurt his ankle, you did not want them to come out and give him medical attention? Is that you think they should have just kept playing or left him on the field? That's that's what you're going with here? That that high-end premier athletes shouldn't be afforded a little bit of medical attention if they need it? So that's a very weird take. You're comparing Dak's ankle and lower leg facing the wrong direction to Adam Page fell down on the ground. And we need the we need the same kind of break. No, I'm not equating the injuries. What I'm saying is, in any high level professional sport where a five star match is being put on, one Boy. component of that five is adequate medical match. care, and I don't see any issue there. And the fact that they went to a uh, time limit Broadway uh, just shows the high level of competition in AEW. I see nothing wrong with any of this. Man. Yeah, that, it was unwatchable. It doesn't mean it's a roster with very little depth that we're like, we got to get through two hours somehow. Just leave these two guys out there for the first 65 minutes. Here's, here's AEW's whole book. I mean, they do, that in, they do that in WWE, too. It's just Sheamus versus somebody, but go ahead. Make your point. Yeah. No, uh, go ahead. Let's see. Tell me the Sheamus one-hour time limit draw match, and I'll give you a million dollars. I was I was referring to Glenn's comment of, hey, we've got some time to fill. Go out there and kill 40 minutes, and they will do that with a Sheamus match at least once a, every other week. Sheamus has probably had one match in his career that went 40 minutes. Goodness. No, here's the, the AEW booking meeting. It's, all right, so... Uh, Let's have let's have one time limit draw, then some eight man tag, then a woman's match with two people that no one's ever heard of, and then 
whatever uh, WWE star we've got recently, <laughs> let's put him out there and then never hear from him again. So, I mean, <laughs> yeah, I, we're gonna... there's 15 minutes left in the show. We can go turn it on and let him big debut and out rocks Tucker. <laughs> <laughs> Here comes the ascension. <laughs> Oh man. So anyway, that's uh that's this week in AEW. Well speaking of But Muscle Matt is there, so Yeah. Thoughts and prayers. Muscle Matt knows what's knows what's good. He invested the time and energy. I don't go to Garland. <laughs> I may have considered it. I didn't know it was there until yesterday. That, I, I don't Garland. think that's true. I feel like you've you've expressed thoughts about Garland many times in the show before. <laughs> Glenn, did you find out yesterday it was there when you pulled through Taco Casa drive through and they were trying to give away tickets with your <laughs> five tacos? <laughs> uh, no, I was trying to think of an obs- obscure AEW wrestler that was working the window. That's That was my hint. But Sammy Guerva? <laughs> I couldn't think of one offhand because I would not insult Dr. Britt Baker. I wouldn't do that. I don't want her to show up and throw me through a wall or something. Well, second best dentist gimmick. That's right. Speaking of wrestling, I uh, I cut a promo on somebody at work today. Oh, man. Well. Yeah. And it's um, apparently making the rounds. So I may be getting booked soon. Mm. Well, what prompted this? Well, it's it's not that interesting of a story. I'll I'll basically say that at the highest level it was somebody not doing their job that then said that the problem was that I didn't tell them how to do their job. Because that's your right. That's it would your be like it would be like if you came to my house and you said, "Look, I have a landscaping company and I mow lawns for a living. Let me mow your lawn." And then you did a really bad job, and I said, "Hey, Glenn, my lawn looks terrible." And you're like, "Well, yeah, you never told me how you wanted it mowed." Okay, that's fair. Yeah. So, but anyways, I was I was just um, planning to handle this very differently, and then when this person took that line with me. Um, I just, I grabbed the mic and cut the promo, but the, um, the best part was I was, I was leaving today, you know, I had my empty lunch bag, my backpack. I was walking out and, uh, at the staircase to enter the parking garage, our chief operating officer was standing there and he goes, Hey, uh, I was in the office behind yours today. What was going on in there? And I said, what do you mean? He's like, I've never heard you that fired up before. <laughs> <laughs> And I said, yeah, well, say, hey, if people would do what they were supposed to do, I wouldn't have to get fired up like that. Sometimes you got yeah, you you to cut a promo. Uh, Getting that cruise control management position when everybody does what they're supposed to, when they're supposed to, and you're just in there. <laughs> it's just DraftKings lineups and yeah, just it wasting is, time. It is, um, it is about as far from that as you could get right now <laughs> here in Tennessee. Tommy's like... Listen, when you don't do a good job, it makes it really difficult on me to take credit for all the good work everyone beneath me is doing. Yeah, it's kind of like that time when we're going through the end of the year accolades, and I want to make sure all those bullet points for my team are really dialed in. 
Oh yeah, but anyways, yeah, maybe so, looking for work next week, depending on how uh, how this goes. So you or will there be an announcement that that they've you've reached the terms of their release and you wish them well in their future yeah, endeavors? They decided they wanted to spend more time with their family. Yeah, and I wish them a well. Mental health break. Yeah, I've actually got a bigger problem than that, though. Are you guys familiar uh, with the? I, only Dave's going to know this because I've never heard of it. Are you familiar with a game called Melee Fusion? No, no, whatsoever. It appears Not whatsoever. to be. It appears to be some type of anime. Out. Online gaming. Oh, uh, out, <laughs> out. <laughs> so is it like a phone game or like a multiplayer? It, it looks to be a multiplayer type melee fusion game where multiple people compete in some type of melee, and there's one winner. And it appears to be popular in the Why anime in the world. Crowd. Why in the world did you think I would know about this? Because you're the game. You're the, if I was going to guess of the three of us who would have the most chance of understanding something about gaming, it would be you. Is this just Asian Fortnite? <laughs> I am offended China. by that, but by the screenshots, I'm kind of doing the uh, Alonzo Morning gif. I'm like... <laughs> <laughs> Great for an audio <laughs> medium. Yeah, just have to picture it. Just, just picture the gift. Here's the problem. One of the apparently prolific players in Melee Fusion Online goes by the handle on Twitter of Tommy2 underscore zero, except Whoa. the zero is an O. Oh wow! <laughs> and Tommy phone? two underscore O had enjoyed some success late in October uh, in something called Collision Gaming Services. I'm oh, sorry. That sounds seedy. Sorry, no, no, no. Sorry, <laughs> Collision Gaming Smash. Even more so. At Collision Smash, tweeted, "Congrats to the top eight of Melee Fusion." Number ninety-two and tagged my account, Tommy two underscore zero <laughs> instead of Tommy two underscore O, and I logged into Twitter and I have dozens and dozens of app mentions of people saying congrats, way to go, but it's not for me. It's for my Twitter alter ego. Uh, you've got to respond to every one of them. But here's the thing, dude. Hold on, this is when you start cutting promos. Yeah. The other people in the top eight, you just start roasting them as whatever this dude actually is. Get him in some backstage heat with the other gamers. Well, here's the thing. Somebody ta figured it out and tagged both of our accounts, and he said, this is not me. This account is the Poker Prodigy, which is what it says in my bio. <laughs> So the real That's Tommy came to the rescue to try to dis, uh, create disambiguation between the oh, two wow. of us. Maybe we should give that Tommy an invite to be on the show the forum. and tell us what fusion collusion or whatever <laughs> it's called is all about. But as I'm looking through these app mentions, several of them are people with all Chinese characters in their names. So once again... Polarizing Glenn may be onto something. 
So it's Tommy two. Oh, I see it. Wait, two underscore just the letter O. Yeah, two underscore O. Yeah, that's the guy. Wait, this is some guy named Josh. So why is his name Tommy two underscore O? I don't know. This must be it, though. Yeah, he's got a lot of a lot of Asian Fortnite on here. <laughs> <laughs> and you know what? It's takes like that, Glenn, that lead us into our next segment. Yes. Uh, we need we need like intro music. We do for this. We, I, I would I would prefer obviously the music of the head of the table, but you know that's <laughs> held pretty high esteem. Now I gotta say, I did September and October as I promised. I'm backing up sixty days at a time. I think you. In fact, okay. Sidebar. You've edited your Twitter account because you mentioned it to me in person. Uh, as far as from a content standpoint? You have removed tweets, which was expressly forbidden <laughs> in these rules. Yeah, but that, that goes a lot further back than 60 days or 120 days. There was a conversation uh, via... Twitter message with one Brad C who's been on this show before and there was a he was uh I think he screenshotted um something it, from another user that they were getting doxxed by someone else for a certain term in some tweets and I thought have I ever even just put that word whether in a certain bad context or not in tweets so I searched my name and that word and every tweet that that word was in, I deleted every one and of them. And how many of them were there? Not a whole lot. Probably 10 or 15. <laughs> <laughs> and it, no. it, was, it, was not, it was not the worst word Well, it's not because time. one of the tweets that we're going to review tonight <laughs> has a pretty strong allusion to that word. Oh, no. Well, now I think you're going to have to at least give us something here. Is there a way what? that you can, without getting yourself canceled say what the word of offense was? I mean, it wasn't a word of offense because, um, you know, anyone who is gay is one of God's children. Okay. Getting closer. But, I mean, just anything with that that uh, description, adjective, you know, classification, orientation, Wait, if you will. Is this a cigarette term? No, 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 not that far. Just like the word gay. Anything that had the word gay in the tweet, I deleted it. Because <laughs> I don't want anything. That's an easy one. That's an easy one of search and this name. And there was nothing that was bad, but I was just leaving no, no stone unturned on that. So how am I to trust that you haven't done more than that? Because I will say, I found some funny ones, but they're certainly not at the cancelable level last week's or last episodes were. Uh, you you have my word. Well, I don't know what good that's for for a guy that throws around homophobic slurs like you do. I don't that's not a homophobic <laughs> slur. It's 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 part of the acronym. What do you what do you want from me? So why don't you why don't you just very quickly before we get into your tweets, tell the story of how I came to hear that in person. Because I think this was pretty funny. Uh, yeah, so I got like uh, kind of RKO'd by T 
Tommy two underscore zero in in recent weeks. Had a bit of a holiday gathering at the house, which Tommy came to know about that because he texted me and said the first weekend in December, he's like, hey, I'm in town. Would you like to play a little golf? Which would have been a terrible Mm -hmm. idea because I am so bad at golf right now. (laughs) Clubs are falling apart. I got to get my driver re-gripped because the like all the grip is basically just it's just coming off literally <laughs> um so anyway he texted me that and and I was like well got a few things going on that weekend um that particular day was my youngest kid's birthday we had a couple basketball games we had family in town and we were having a kind of a holiday party uh at the house so if I went and played golf I'd basically be looking for an attorney of some kind. It'd be a heel turn lock, for sure. <laughs> yeah, the locks would be changed at my house and all that kind of stuff. But uh, I mentioned it. I was like, "Hey, if you're in town, I can't play golf. But if you want to stop by, you know, feel free to." It was, it was family. It was. It kind of started out like uh, we invited everyone that was like in our wedding party. That's where the invitation list started. And then as people, people have conflicts. They got kids. They got stuff going on kind of branched out from there had some people from the neighborhood come over that type of thing so uh i even talked to both of you guys on on the day of dave had already traveled back to austin tommy was still in town and kind of gave me the yeah you know maybe which you know the the event started at six i think by this time it was probably past eight o'clock and i'm thinking hey this guy had other stuff to do he didn't want to come hang out with just a bunch of people we may not know and stuff and it's just him he's not with family because it was kind of a it was a it was an event that was safe for the whole family yes ah. safe and fun for the whole family that's right but i'm sitting in here in the front room talking with some people from the live in our neighborhood just uh having some witty banter front door opens somebody walks in i turn around who's looking at me He's down on the ground doing the viper, <laughs> slapping the floor. Tommy two underscore zero. Oh, and I wish I could have got there earlier, but I was, I was uh, spending some time with our f- mutual friend, Mister Sandwich. That's right. Watching the end of the uh, watching the end of the Alabama Georgia game, and yeah, I had uh, I made my way over, and, and yeah, lovely evening. But we ended up having good, strong podcast talk with some people that were fringe listeners, trying to convince them to come back. That was fun. Yeah. And the uh, the allure of the Tommy Reads Glenn's tweet segment seemed to play well with the focus group there. So I hope this week's episode does not disappoint. We've got nine to choose from, but one of them really is... is when we get to it, you'll understand why, but I almost don't put it in the same category. So here's what we got. Oh, that's great. As soon as I do, as soon as I do that, I just flicked away. Okay, so we're going to start. This is again. This is going to be September and October. Uh, or I'm sorry, September and October of 21. So let's go to September 26th. Remember what you were doing that day? <coughs> no idea. You were retweeting. It's a, it was a Sunday. You were retweeting uh, Adam Schefter. This tweet was liked 26 times, which for a personal non-celebrity account 26 likes on a tweet is solid 
So Schefter says that uh, Cowboys uh, ta- uh, right tackle Lyle Collins was suspended by the NFL after trying to bribe the league's drug test collector, per ESPN sources. Glenn commented on this tweet. Oh, so now he's willing to pay people. A direct reference to Throatzilla, no doubt. Oh, hold on. Now you're going to have to tell me who this is. That's, a, that's an odd name to, to Right make now, up. if I search your if – I, if I stop the show and search the accounts you're following, will I find Throatzilla in there? No. No, you won't. From either no, one I of can... your known accounts. Uh, I don't think so. <laughs> you know, we're getting not, not as cocky now all of a sudden, are we? <laughs> I don't think so. I wouldn't bet my life on yeah. it. We'll put it that way. All right. Let's uh, let's move to... Uh, oh, man. Also on the 21st. This was a big day for you. This is one of those days we wanted to have you in the DraftKings lineup. You multi-hit game. Bleacher Report Wrestling had a tweet. Who would be Owen Hart's dream opponent in AEW? So this is this is very timely to what we talked about earlier. What they're asking people to do is leave a comment on this picture of Owen Hart pointing at the Intercontinental Belt and let them know. They said, drop them in the comments. You said, phrasing. <laughs> well, that's not on me. That is clearly on their... Who's running their Twitter Twitter account. account? You shouldn't have anything related to cables dropping, falling, anything like that in Owen Hart. You're just asking for asking for trouble. That's on them, not me. Let's move to September twelfth. Mm, yes. In honor of Louis C.K.'s birthday, don't do that even if the other person says it's okay. <laughs> You think that's bad advice? No, I don't think that's bad advice. I think a vice president of a company doesn't need to be bringing up ideas of consensual, non-consensual behavior. That's what I think. This is a really family-friendly one here. It was from... uh, Actually, I can't see the day, but I'm assuming... uh, Obviously, week one of football season. You... uh, you said the long road to repeat as fantasy football champion begins tonight. Awesome. You included a, uh, you included a screenshot of your team, which I happen to notice was named the McAfrican Americans. <laughs> so, <laughs> so do you know? Do you know what's funny? Well, not that team name. That's highly <laughs> offensive to the. Uh, african-american communities it, really any poc that's, uh, that's uh, that was my opponent's team name my my team name is the other one. <laughs> oh no stand by as i quickly my my so as I turn the, uh, my the methodology my methodology here is to up. delete them once i read them i had to go to my deleted folder i can't see the whole name but the first word is klebold I might have missed this, but that could be... No, that is more offensive than the team you're playing. Would you care to share the rest? It says Klebold and V is all I can see. The the Klebold and the Beautiful? Was Klebold a Columbine? Yes. 
<laughs> this is uh this is non disclosure. Goodness. That's Glenn. That's unbelievable. <laughs> hey, points champion, the regular season. We start the playoffs this week. This is the one that does not <clears throat> fall in the cancelable tweets, but I just I just slam the brakes when I stop in this one because this is a Glenn NFL season one sports prediction that could not have been more wrong. In fact, if you did what if you took your betting advice you gave here, you would be bankrupt right now. It says, "Give me the under on everything Matt Stafford related this season." <laughs> the man is having a prolific offensive year. Ah, I don't know about that. Yards, interceptions are gone down to almost nothing. Touchdowns, Rams are outstanding. This is why you don't follow Glenn for sports advice. It's like they're like the fifth seed. What are you talking about? This one about? was so bad, I almost didn't put it in here because I didn't want to read it. <laughs> no. And I may delete this part of the episode. You've you've retweeted somebody. Um, Uh-oh. Lakota Man. I don't know who that is. <clears throat> I don't know who that is either. Artificial intelligence recreates what Jesus' appearance <laughs> probably was based on information about him. Sorry to burst your privilege bubble, but he was not an Aryan-looking white guy, which, by the way, Aryan-looking white guy is redundant. You've retweeted yeah, this true. not for the text, but for the photo, which shows a very handsome uh, Muslim Middle Eastern-looking man. So Wait, hold on. So you're saying Jesus was a Muslim. That's, that's your stance. I should have said Middle Eastern. I regret my word choice. And you're also assuming everyone that's Middle Eastern is Muslim. <laughs> Again, I will do the Alonzo morning gif at this point. <laughs> so this got a little convoluted, but I want to make sure we didn't bury the lead. So you've retweeted an account that has AI generated a picture of what they thought Jesus looked like, which is a very Middle Eastern looking man. Your comment on the tweet was, I did not expect WWE to give Mansoor this big of a push. <laughs> <laughs> I think you should, if you can, check the uh, check the likes. Check check to like that tweet. There's only two, and I can't see because it's a screenshot. Ah. I'm guessing Pastor Ellis is not one of those two. <laughs> no, but I think uh, somebody on this podcast may have liked it, and he's not getting he's not getting confused with with Asian Fortnite players. Oh, <laughs> I enjoyed that one. <laughs> So, he looks like Monsoor, okay? I didn't basically, say any tweet that has Monsoor in it, I'm <laughs> you, you just like. have, Do you just have a, uh, you just have an alert set up uh, just for any time <laughs> Monsoor gets mentioned by any accounts? I have two. I have Monsoor alert and Monsoor nude alert. <laughs> so this was the same day. You also had a Mohammed Ibrahim tweet, which I don't know why I screenshot of this except that it was on the heels of that so I guess you were doing uh, at least Islamic sounding names but you you did Muhammad Ibrahim had many sons and many sons had Muhammad Ibrahim <laughs> that's just that's brilliant that's just that's, a, that's that too is. easy like you're better than that like I I <sighs> respect you more than that that's that's just that's low that's we call that low-hanging fruit yeah, but I was laughing thinking about that to myself as I was watching. I think it was a it was a football player. I think I was watching a football game the first weekend, 
and was laughing at that to myself. And I, I was like, nobody's going to get this, but I'm just throwing that out there. Do you remember on, I guess, early September being in a convenience store called Bubba O'Leary's? No, I do not recall. You were amused with an item that they had on sale at Bubba O'Leary's. The okay, text of the ahead. tweet reads, I am insane now, and you have tweeted a photo of the Harriet Tubman air freshener. <laughs> <laughs> Does this ring a bell? I mean, uh, a little bit. I'm trying to think. Of <laughs> Don't show it to me. <laughs> I'm trying to think of where we were. When was that? Early September? Yes. Hmm. I don't know. I don't know where I was, but I do I do remember seeing that. Yeah. All right. Two week break. Where I'm I, I misspoke at the uh, beginning and I apologize. I'm not gonna go back and edit it. This is August and September because we did October last month. So we're we're now back on August fifteenth. It feels like your game, at least for this sixty days, is a lot of commenting on somebody else's tweet. You're retweeting with comment. Um here's an inspirational one from the NASCAR account. Dealing with Chase Briscoe. Had a rough season. Oh, no. Uh-oh. He came out of the Xfinity series where he was quite successful, landed his dream job at Stuart Haas Racing. And uh, they tweeted a, you know, somewhat emotional picture of Tony Stewart consoling Chase Briscoe. And the quote says, I'm proud of you. And then the uh, cut line reads, at Tony Stewart chats with Chase Briscoe following today's race. Now, if you recall, which you probably don't, Chase Briscoe did bump into one of his crew members during a pit stop on this race. So, again, we've now got a picture of Tony Stewart talking to Chase Briscoe that says, I'm proud of you. Your comment says, I mean, Chase did run a guy over today. <laughs> I, <laughs> I don't remember that one. How do you feel about that? It sounds like I was... I was uh, is, is, are you handling Tony Stewart's past very sensitively there? <coughs> Probably not, but actually that didn't turn out as, as poorly as I thought it was going to because there's some other things with Chase Briscoe that probably shouldn't be joked about within the uh, inner workings of his family relationship, his marriage. Well, maybe that'll be maybe some maybe that'll be in next week's uh, next week's review of tweets. Possible. Yeah. No, I don't think I've ever. Tweeted about that unfortunate uh, incident. Well, it appears on, uh, well, actually, no date here, but I'm going to say early August, you were at a school. You pulled out your phone to take a picture at said school. At a school? It appears, it appears you were at a school. There was a sign on the window letting people know where the test was taking place. It was taking place in room 137 in the library. Ah. Apparently, the part you were having trouble handling was that it was called the WAP test. W-A-P. <laughs> okay. Now, do you know what that stands for? Uh, <laughs> if not, you could go to no, Urban Dictionary. No, I don't. Uh, your comment Just... was, I'm not sure that's correct. <laughs> <laughs> that was actually at the, uh, it was at the Air Force Base in Abilene. Oh, wow. Okay. Which is a so they're testing for that. There, get into, interesting. <laughs> I, I guess. I mean, you got to get recruits somehow. 
People don't want to work. People don't want to be in the military. Everybody's lazy. And finally, on August 3rd. Yes. This is the one yes. that we referred to earlier. All right. This one uh, got no likes. Mm. Even people that support that your good. humor couldn't go with this one. That means it's good. It says, Nigeria has no optimal abbreviations. Prove me wrong. <laughs> Do you know what the inspiration for that was? It was either... I don't know if that was... Uh, hold on. Did we, we just had the Olympics, right? Yeah, we just had the Summer Olympics. So it was either in the Summer Olympics or like one of the preliminary games and the U.S. was playing them and I was watching the game. And you know, they got the, the, the box with the score... Up in, up in the corner of the screen, and they have USA, and then they have a three-letter abbreviation for Nigeria that I can't take my eyes off of because I'm like, how is that okay? Because it's like the title of, a, of an NWA album <laughs> up in the top left of my corner, and, and there, is no, there, there, is no, there is no solution. Just create, just expand, just take your mouse and expand the box and just put Nigeria. Just put the whole word. I'm right on this. People didn't like it because they don't like the truth. You they don't like the facts. You, while watching that ir irrelevant sport in an irrelevant game, felt like that was something that had to go to Twitter. That couldn't just stay in your mind and be like, meh, and move on. That had to go to Twitter. That's, that's what we're saying here. Yeah, pretty sure. Is that the last think, one? Yes, that is the last one. I okay. think all of us do, in our roles at our company, do hiring. I think that may need to be a new interview question. How would you abbreviate? <laughs> <laughs> and, and we determine the correct question. answer as you click the mouse and drag the box. That's right. And you don't abbreviate Nigeria. You let Nigeria breathe, man. You whole thing, all seven letters. Well, you know, there. Speaking of abbreviations, there is a sport that I know for a fact we all three watched live. That the abbreviations H A M and V E R were quite interesting. Yes. Ah, yes, yes, yes. So, if we may cruise over to a Muslim country. That's, yeah, let's all become <laughs> Middle Eastern and uh, it immediately Muslim and walk into the paddock in Abu Dhabi. Boy, that's a cool looking place, by the way, the Yaz Marina. Although I do feel like oh, Yaz yeah. Marina sounds like either uh, a birth control or a yeast infection drug. Like, isn't Yaz, right. isn't Yaz like a yeast infection pill? How would I know? I was going to say that's when there's a, a female valet for Jinder Mahal. It's going to be Jinder Mahal with yes. <laughs> and then there's there's little spots on Raw for like three months in a row that Yaz Marina is coming to Raw. It's birth control. <laughs> Sounds like a left-hander in the Phillies bullpen. <laughs> Yaz Marina situational gets situational lefty. 
<laughs> Never faces more than two batters. So to set the stage, so we've all become, I think, me probably on the top of the podium, Glenn two, and then Dave. He's 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 on three. He's on his way up though. Dave's like McLaren Definitely. this year. You know, he started out. We were worried. He, he's moving towards the front of the pack, mm-hmm. and the, and this is but good. We are, te- we are team. We are team Ferrari. We are team Let's Ferrari. We are team Ferrari. Okay. Yes. In fact, I've been apprised that come Christmas, some Ferrari merch may be under the tree for me. Uh oh. Yeah. But yes, we've all we've all aligned. Uh, we've enjoyed the Netflix show. We've been paying attention to the race. It came down to a very. I, I can't wait till the season comes out. But uh, Lewis Hamilton, um, overrated British driver, who's made his entire career coasting on the coattails of superior equipment, against Max Verstappen, Sir. the Kyle Busch of Europe. <laughs> Dutch Kyle Busch. Yes. Uh, found Sir themselves. Lewis Hamilton. Oh, so that's right. It yes. is now. My apologies. We have uh, the almost unbelievable scripting of tied exactly to the half point going into the last race. So, whichever one of them finished ahead of the other one won the points. If they both finished out of the points, so if they for instance, wrecked each other on the first lap. The tiebreaker would go to Max because he had won one more race. So yeah, leading, funny, funny that you that you mentioned yes. that because that almost happened. Well, it did. And leading into the race, there was all kinds of speculation. This is, I think, where the discussion really started. Is, of course, lots of press coverage, and people said, "Well, hey, why would why wouldn't he? You know, because they were starting one and two. Why wouldn't he just take Lewis out?" on the first corner because that would win him the championship. And to the point where even some of the F1 officials came in and said, Hey, look, you know, within the rules, we have the right to look at certain things and we could actually dock him, which by the way, we talk about docking way too much on the show, (laughs) but we could dock him uh, points for unsafe driving unsportsmanlike conduct. There's all kinds of provisions. So they pretty much said, you know, if that happened and it seemed in any way intentional, that wasn't going to fly. So do we think, our good, uh, our friend Max Verstappen. Do we think he ever had that plan? Was he ever sitting around and thinking, "What would Jason Meyer <laughs> of Madhouse fame do in this situation?" Of, what was the name of the guy they hired to wreck people? Do we remember that? This was from the reboot. Uh, Bobo Brown. Bobo Brown. <laughs> like, what yeah. if they pulled Checo out of the second Red Bull? It was like we're bringing Bobo Brown in. Do you think that Bobo Brown could get through two turns of that track? I just can't believe you pulled Bobo Brown out of your memory. That's unbelievable. Give a gift. Well, uh, it it sticks also because we made fun of him, but he was also like battling cancer. So I think that's why. Oh, so now uh, you're going to stop making fun of people that are having problems? Like this is this is Bobo's where you draw the line. Let's see. Let's see if he's still with us. So, but uh, yeah. So, so Lewis was starting first. Max was starting sep- second. Now, the uh, the other interesting intricacy of Formula One rules is they make you start on the tire that you ran your fastest qualifying lap with, and everybody felt like the way the track was set up that the yellow tire which I'm not going to go into formula 1 detail but there's 3 there's red yellow white 
Red is the fastest, it lasts the least amount of time. Yellow is in the middle, and white is the slowest but lasts the longest. There was a lot of thought that you needed to start the race on the yellow tire because that would give you the best chance to make the entire race in just one pit stop. They felt like if you started on the red tire, you, they would wear out too quickly, and you might be looking at multiple pit stops. But the red tire is faster. Max screwed up in qualifying and flat-spotted his yellow tires that he had to start the race on, which means he would be at a complete disadvantage. So they had to put him out there on red tires to run a faster lap, which he obviously did, but put him at a disadvantage starting the race. So going into the race, everything you read said Max in second is going to have to pass Lewis on the first lap and then run those red tires into the ground, try to build up as big of a lead as he possibly can, which he should be able to do because he's in a fast car and better tires. And then hopefully things will shake out and they can uh, you know, end up in some kind of a competitive situation at the end of the race. The race starts and Lewis just takes off. He, he's like Burt, Burt Myers in his prime. He's running at the front, TTF, Racing Ricky is pointing as he's going by, and Max can't catch him. And everybody's and everybody that's really into the strategy of the race is like, it's over. Because Lewis doesn't make mistakes. Mercedes, they will occasionally make bizarre strategy calls, but it's going to be hard for them to goof this up. They're on the right tires. They're, they're, they're gapping. I mean, he's driving away. This is, this is working out very well for, uh, for the Silver Arrows. Mm, wow, what a reference. I'm a real fan. Yeah. So as the race progresses, um, it's, you know, I, I'm not saying it was boring, but I'm definitely watching it going, you know, everything we were hoping would happen just really isn't, isn't playing out. And, uh, and that was a big disappointment. Now, throughout the different pit strategies that happened, there was a brief amount of time where something exciting started to materialize, which was Sergio Perez, the Bobo Brown of Red Bull, had stayed out on old tires. Lewis had pitted, and he f was trying to get back around Sergio, and he held Lewis up amazingly. Like I mean, blocked the whole track. Let Max get back within a second and a half on now somewhat comparable tires, and we're like, okay, hey, Maybe there's going to be a race. Well, as soon as Lewis gets clear of Sergio, he's off to the races again, and Max ain't catching him. And it's at this point we start to realize um, that it just doesn't look like it's going to happen for Red Bull. And even to the point where uh, Dave's guy, Christian Horner, who I believe Christian Horner. had a tweet one time <laughs> about wanting to just whip him out and measure him off or something like that. Oh, that's in the, the show. Oh, sorry. He was talking about going into the first race, and everyone was – Asked him about, you know, off-season. He's like, yeah. It's like, tomorrow's the day when we all go out there and pull our pants down and see what's what. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> yeah. I love this guy. The, the guy married a Spice Girl. That's true. I mean, let's... How can you not but respect? The guy's, guy's great. Tend to go. They're interviewing him on the pit wall, and he's pretty much conceding the race, and he's like, hey, you know what? They ran a great season. We didn't have enough. You know, we're not giving up. You know, maybe something miraculous could happen, but pretty much was resigned to the fact that they were beat by the better car that day. And I hate to see Christian defeated like that. He's, I'm a big fan of his. But that's when you oddly notice that 
around ringside, Vince McMahon was inexplicably there. Yes. <laughs> and you wondered why. Yeah. Why is the head of the company there? With five to go, Nicholas Latifi, who drives for Williams, suddenly has backed his car into the wall. And there's bits of... Violently. Yes, there's bits of carbon fiber all over the track. And I'm immediately back at full attention. And I'm, I'm going, oh, man. And my thought is they're going to red flag the race because there's so much debris on the track that they're not going to want them to drive through it, which would be um, potentially, depending on how they play it, if they bring everybody to the pit lane, could be a standing start, could be a rolling restart. But basically it gives Max a chance to uh, at least take a shot at it. And, what, and the other interesting thing is, Unlike NASCAR, where you're prohibited from doing anything under red flag conditions, you can change tires in Formula One. But I'm very quickly dismayed to find out that, no, they've just sent out the safety car, and they're going to keep the cars um, parading around the track. And that's when I realize I know exactly what's going to happen here. They're going to end the race under yellow because it takes a while to clean all that crap up. There's only four laps left at this point. There's no way they're getting the race restarted. And again, unlike NASCAR, there's no green-white checker in Formula One. They are more than happy to end a race under yellow. It's happened many, many times. And I started thinking, well, perfect. You know, this is, this is you know, had all this potential to build up to an excitement. And every ch- time during the day we thought we were going to get it, Lewis just kept driving away, and now they're going to end under yellow, and that's going to be the end of it. But Christian is a very smart strategist. Those Red Bull team are. And he immediately put out the very offensive call of box, box, box as soon as the accident happened. Because his thought was, we'll get Max in here, get him on red, fresh, best tires we got in the pits. At least that way, if something crazy happens, he's good to go. Now... I contend Mercedes could have done the same thing, and they did not because they were afraid if they brought Lewis into box, Max would stay out, the race could end at a caution, and then they would make the most laughable, catastrophic error of all time, which is to pit from the lead in a race that never goes green again. So they and they could not. They pretty much they could had not a risk that situation where they could not make the whatever. It's like in poker; they didn't have position. They had to act first, and whatever they did was going to be the wrong decision. And and I think they were also assuming their worst-case scenario was the race restarts, but there's also five cars in between Lewis and Max. Right. That's worst-case scenario. Yes. And this is where, and, and again, I think my position's been pretty clear. I'm a Ferrari supporter. I am not a Lewis Hamilton fan in any way. I openly root against him most times. This is where, as I'm watching, yeah, again, you know, this is like the Montreal screw job coming up here. I'm watching this happen, and I'm going, man, this just feels dirty. So, <laughs> yeah, as they're getting the track clean, you know, at first the announcers are are going. The normal procedure would be, say, this happened in the middle of a race, is they would safely drive around until the track was clear. Then they would allow the lapped cars in between the lead lap cars to what they call overtake the pace car, which is a nice way of saying get to the back of the line, unlap themselves, take the wave around, whatever you want to call it. 
line everybody up. Then they'd throw the cone out on the track and let people choose <laughs> top or bottom. <laughs> and then they have the guy with the whiteboard out there writing everybody's number to let them know what order to get in. Then the guy would pull the chain attached to the cone back, <laughs> and then they would drop the green flag. Did I get that right? Yeah, they put the, the the powdered white chalked white line out there that you can't hit the gas before then. Man, I would I would love so much to see the cone and the chain and the whiteboard at like Monaco. <laughs> Everyone's in their yachts. <laughs> the big fat you guy got... in George is just like pointing at Lewis Hamilton, like you have to decide, you have to choose. What if you just so if you just dropped Max Verstappen like he's He's been sedated, and then he wakes up completely <laughs> alert, and he's in the infield at Devil's Bowl Speedway, and you put him in, like, the number 33 sprint car. Like, where does he finish? If, if he could have 15 minutes of hot laps, he would finish no. first place. Okay, <laughs> like, I'll, I'll allow 100%. that. Like, he can... He, he can take... He can make, like, 15, 20 yeah. practice first laps place. before he has to no race. No question. Okay. No question. Uh, Less Hunter Jones was in the, in the heat. <laughs> <laughs> obviously yeah so so there's a, there's there's just a little over a lap to go and the announcers are saying and they even came on the radio because they're, they're now covering the uh the the channel of the officials and they're saying hey we're gonna have, we're gonna go green but we're gonna leave the five cars in between which in in a one lap formula one race it, i mean it didn't matter what tires you had that doesn't matter like there nothing's gonna happen so at this point, Red Bull does one strategic thing, which I don't know exactly why they did that, but they pulled Sergio back in the pits to retire the car to get him out from in between them to make one less car they would have to shuffle out of place, which, again, I give Red Bull, they think of everything. And you got to remember, this is not something they plan for happening, but they think of these things under pressure, and everything they come up with is right. Well, at the last minute, and this is where Vince came down. Probably Vince Russo was there, too, I'm thinking. <laughs> They come on the radio and they say, look, the five cars in between go right now and get out of the way. And then um, as soon as they clear the pace car, they drop the green flag. And they haven't allowed the other lap cars to unlap themselves. They basically just clear the difference. So Max is now right behind Lewis with way better tires. I mean, this is, this is like when Sean had bread in the sharpshooter. This is what I equate this to. <laughs> It definitely, it definitely was. And the other thing that was funny is they go to Lewis Hamilton's radio, like when they announced that, and he's like, "This isn't right." Like his yeah. little, his little Jason kid voice. <laughs> oh, and and Toto was like having a coronary in the pits, screaming, slamming stuff down. Uh, yeah. So sure enough, you know, and and I can't wait to watch this on Netflix with the way they'll cover it. But yeah, they dropped the green. The the better tires went out. Lewis did as good as he could. I mean, he almost, I mean, he almost held the position the first t attempt and then almost came in and got it back. But in the end, could, no substitute for the tires. Max wins. He's the world champion. There's still protests that are not fully resolved about this outcome. So I don't think anything ever happens to where they reverse the decision. But this is, this has created unbelievable amount of controversy. And a lot of people speculating that this was done strictly for TV, which I think is a big criticism to the integrity of the sport. That was kind of my question, is if, let's say, that Drive to Survive never exists, and, but the same race... We wouldn't be doing it, this podcast because none of us would be watching the race. That's true. Um, 
but but it was the same circumstances going in, same situation at the end. Are they waving those five cars around? No. I, I I think if I honestly think if there was not the extra scrutiny of of the show and the new fan base, they would have just finished the race under yellow because they would they would have realized they wouldn't have been able to organize the field. But I think they. And, and again, I can't say this is goes back to Mercedes opting not to pit. I can't say I fault that decision either because can you imagine your sport oh, yeah. is thrust into the limelight for the first time. You have this historic battle, and then it ends on a caution lap. It would have been, it would have been an embarrassment for them either which way. So, it, again, it's a can't-win situation because so me, they, make, they make the call that gives us the absolute most exciting possible outcome. And I'll say as a fan – like, my lighter was up. I mean, th- what they did. I mean, that's what everybody wanted to see was them battling head-to-head on the last lap. But it was done so in such an unfair way. Yeah. Does, and we'll use Formula One here, but you could pretty much use this across any motorsport. Um, does that somewhat... I guess random's the wrong word, but does the sport need that quote unquote somewhat unfair, you know, caution lap bottles everyone up, lap traffic gets in the way? Do they need that to make it exciting? Because, I mean, think of the way Formula One is with, you know, how they monitor their speeds in the pits. Like, they could, they have the technology to be like, okay, it's a caution, Lewis Hamilton was 12 seconds ahead, and basically restart with everyone at the same gap they were at. Right, and that's... If you wanted to make it as fair as yeah, possible. And, and when they do the virtual safety car, that's exactly what they do, but... Right, yeah. They made, they made, they were working, man. This was a work. They they worked. That's it. what I'm saying. And Does the sport need that, though? Well, and... and Obviously, we've been all NASCAR fans for a long time, but you know, many years ago, NASCAR went to the green-white checker and said, you know, we're never going to finish a race under yellow. Then they started doing the stages, so they had to bunch everybody back up. I mean, and at some point, people said, yeah, this is a joke. But it does not matter how well you perform at certain points of the race; they are going to make sure everybody's bunched up at the end of the race for a shootout. Like this is what's going to happen. And like it or not, that's what they do. And I think Formula One, for the for the most part, is tried to stay away from that and keep it more about really identifying who the superior car strategy, whatever was. And then they kind of deviated from that here, which again makes for great TV. Also opens them up to a lot of criticism uh, from the wider public, especially longtime fans. I don't know. I don't know what I would have done in the same situation, but I do feel like I left the race going, man, they really screwed the Mercedes team. <laughs> I, I kind of had, I kind of had the same thought, and I was certainly not rooting for, for stopping. No, I'm but, no fan of his either, but I do feel like, uh, you know, I do feel like I was pulling for him, all things being equal, going in because I more of the two evils. I he's the lesser for sure for me. But you know this is not this is also a phenomenon in NASCAR, and I think NASCAR fans. I mean, they will point to times when NASCARs waited until Chase Elliott was in the lead to call a race because of rain, or <laughs> how Dale Earnhardt mysteriously had the fastest car on all restrictor plate races, which nobody could rationally explain. You know, there was things that they've done over the years where where people pretty clearly say, you know, they show favoritism. Same with Dale Jr. You know, I mean, they would 
they would throw phantom debris cautions to get him up to, if they felt like he had a chance to win a race. You know, there was things that were done clearly with one or two people in mind to try to bring fan interest or ratings. I, I, I will always believe that. Yeah. Well, you'd have to do something like that with Dale Jr. Because otherwise he's just he's just pulling in there about 17th every week. <laughs> he's not racing his way to the front. But I will, I, but I will, no. I will, uh, you know, leave the Formula One topic with this. I, I watched the whole race and was riveted the whole time. I mean, for my entertainment value, I, I thought it was great. So we start up again. Is it in March? Yeah. And there are different rules in play for the next season, correct? There, I know they're even discussing a specific rule that addresses this situation, where they're going to essentially. There's enough ambiguity in the rules right now that. I don't think they can overturn it. And the ambiguity is there's a rule that pretty much says the race director can go against any rule if he wants to. And I think they're going to, uh. they're going to, they're going to take certain procedures and solidify them a little bit more. Cause it always has been a little weird. Like, and I don't know, like I watched every race this year, humble brag, but there was times when there would be a red flag and then they would say, well, we don't know. Are they going to do a rolling start? Or are they going to do a standing start? And then it would just be whatever they decided at the time. There was no, formal process for that and i think they're talking about making it a little bit more clear of like hey if there is a safety car we are going to line the whole field up this way if there's a red flag we are always going to restart this way just to take out some of that discretionary uh loopholes which you know obviously this year was clearly leveraged in the last race what are the chances that team Ferrari can compete for the championship next year. Oh, I think, I think, um, I don't know for the championship, but I think they're going to be very competitive. A lot of the people on the inside pretty much said they, they were sandbagging their way through this year to, um, because there are going to be, you know, the cars are different next year. The, the, um, chassis are different. The aero package is different. They're running on bigger tires, bigger rims. Like, there's a lot of schools of thought that think Ferrari have a lot more power than they've let on this year. So okay, we could have some excitement. They also said that about Haas, which I, I don't know if that means they're going to go from running 19th and 20th to running 19th and 20th, but <laughs> that they were, they were sandbagging as well. They're going to be <laughs> two laps down next year instead of five laps down. But I do think Haas is doing the see. real long con of finishing dead last for like 20 years in a row. <laughs> Like no guys, we're really we're just we're waiting for the twenty thirty two season. <laughs> we got this. Like the Rangers of Formula One. <laughs> but I do think F one's on to something though. They've got that race time at the perfect length. I mean, they've got that figured out. That hour thirty yeah. minutes. That's exactly yeah. how long uh, a circle track race should be. So March the twentieth in in Bahrain. They have any, I, I don't they have know. any Muslims there? There you go. That was my next question <laughs> is what religion will be in attendance? Well, maybe there could be three Southern Baptists there. What do you think? <laughs> Little show trip. That's <laughs> <laughs> uh that we've got if we're going to Coda, it's like uh the week after that if we're going to the NASCAR race down there again. Oh, that's right. Not in Bahrain. When Mercedes kicks out kicks out Bottas and it's Lewis Hamilton and Mansoor. <laughs> I 
dress, unimpressed.